This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome back. This is In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Good morning, Professor Gershon. We're glad to have you back this week. And I, I want to start by wishing all the people taking the bar exam in Mississippi today and uh, and surrounding states very good luck. Uh, you know, that's uh, an exciting but also stressful time for them. And then to say how honored it, 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 we are to have uh, Attorney General Jim Hood on the show today. Uh, you know, really, uh, his work as a public servant, uh, he has uh, spent his entire career serving the people of Mississippi, either as a prosecutor or uh, as Attorney General since 2003 and protected the elderly, protected uh, children from abuse uh, after Katrina, protected people in the state from uh, predatory practices by uh, uh, corporations who uh, were taking advantage of the situation. And we're really very fortunate to have him on the show today. Well, thank you, Dean Gershon. I'm, I'm honored to be here, and I, I appreciate your kind words. Well, we uh, are excited this all kind of came around. I'm I'm an internet person. I love to kind of click here, click there, look at things. And when I went to the Attorney General's website, I was just floored of everything that you all cover. Um, <laughs> it's it's. I feel I feel safer as a citizen of Mississippi, knowing all of the different aspects of our lives that the Attorney General's office, uh, you know, tries to keep us safe from. Yeah, the, um, that, that office is a, a very diverse office. It, it covers so much. But that's what's so rewarding about the job, and I've enjoyed You know, I interned in AG's office. I started out there. I was a DA for eight years, and now I've been AG for about 14. And uh, every day is different. I mean, like this weekend, we were dealing with a church that had a Facebook page that someone had taken over and, and uh, were putting vile statements on, on their Facebook page. And so we worked with Facebook because— they work with us when we have a missing child uh, oh, to try to locate wow. children. Okay. So we work closely with them on subpoenas and things like that. But just, you know, that day, at least I know we were able to actually help somebody. Right. And that's the most, you know, reward that a salary can't buy, you know, right. really helping somebody. And, um, you know, the people in our office are on duty really 24 hours a day, particularly in the area of Internet issues. And uh, the, 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 the Internet has brought us so many good things, like you were talking about researching right. uh, matters, but it also has brought us a lot of mischief. And so that moving target, you know, the criminals are moving away from uh, they can steal more with a computer now than they can with a gun. And um, you know, that keeps the job interesting and, and the people in our office are on top of that. And, and then, of course, many other areas that you uh, have noticed on our website. Yeah, well, you talk about your staff. Uh, 
we have so much that the AG's office encompasses. How big is the, the staff? It's about 285 total, okay. uh, but about 135 lawyers. But, th- I mean, it sounds like we have a lot, but we have like 10 over to the Department of Transportation, 10 at Human Services. Right. They're signed out and actually housed in those agencies. Um, so you know, they just do work in that area. Um, we do uh, so many things, everything from advising um, county governments, supervisors, right. city governments. Uh, we write opinions. I think we wrote over 400 opinions last year. Right. Uh, written opinions, but then they spent thousands of hours uh, on the phone, you know, just advising county governments. And so it, it it's everything from uh, providing legal advice to state agencies and, and local governments uh, to we have a civil, civil litigation division that defends the state. Uh, those are uh, only about nine lawyers, you know, right. that defend the state. So they are very busy. And, um, you know, we have other divisions like the cybercrime division, which a lot of people uh, know about, uh, our vulnerable adults unit, uh, Medicaid fraud unit. Uh, those are the ones that are usually making arrests. And you see those uh, press releases where we're trying to deter, you know, conduct, right. conduct. We want the criminals, potential criminals to know, you know. But what's most important is what I'm doing here today. And thank you for, uh, at, at Public Broadcasting for having us on that, so that we're able to tell people on our website there's a lot of different brochures and things but it doesn't do any good if people don't yes. know about it yes. you know like you went on and, and saw those things and um you know things like that are happening frequently to us you know my uh, when your parents get older just protecting your loved ones yes there's things about you know abuse neglect exploitation right that we've just recently uh put on of course we've had I don't know. There's probably 50 or so brochures of, uh, on different areas there that uh, uh, cover what we do. Um, we have really a, a quick reference guide to the AG's office, and that guide sort of an overall uh, of, of all the divisions in right. our office that people can go on and find online. It gives the numbers to each division, gives names of people that you need, you know, if you need to uh, uh, call and, and talk to somebody. So that's the first one that I would recommend is that uh, it's a, called a quick reference guide. Do you know where those are distributed? Do they get out to public libraries? I know there's a lot of information online, but sometimes we have uh, people who, you know, not everybody is online, but uh, our libraries are a great resource. Yeah, uh, and and we do a lot of community uh, outreach. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we had a campaign two or three years ago, and we're trying to do it again. It was called Did You Know? And we would go to church groups or uh, any kind of civic schools, those kind of things that we try to distribute this information. And uh, because I don't even go to our website to see, you know, what we have on there. But there's there's a good example here. We just put out a brochure. We hadn't even announced it yet, but um, it's uh, dealing with robocalls, unwanted uh, Uh. text messages and phone calls. We have two brochures. One, I said, I want one for people like me and and older that have a a landline that they can have that sits by their phone that says, here's what you can do. Because they're not going to, a lot of them, uh, elderly people aren't going to go online and try to, you know, find out how to report it and things. And and, uh, that's just you know, 
know, one of those areas where the, the having on your website is good, but unless it's in somebody's hand, yes, that they can yes. use it. So we, we want to have this by everybody's uh, uh, telephone that that uh, gets these unwanted calls and text messages. But this is kind of you know a prevention guide of what to do, what right. how, how to get on do not call and right. so forth. So well, and um, this is exactly why that we I wanted to have you on. I feel like our mission for in legal terms and for all of Mississippi public broadcasting, it's education. Uh, we either want to give you our listeners information or we want to be a place where you can go to ask questions to get specific information that you need. So listeners, that's why we've brought in Attorney General Jim Hood today. We would love for you to give us a call. Our phone number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four you can also send us an email our address is legal terms at mpbonline.org and we're just learning about the attorney general's office today and all of the things that they uh, all the services they provide uh, their website is uh, it is wonderful it, it has lots of different information and tabs uh, one of the tabs is uh, the business and consumer tabs and I was uh, interested in and I've heard this recently is the Operation Donate with Honor that you all have started to help. Everyone knows Mississippi is such a generous state, and we don't want our generosity to go towards the wrong people. Can you tell us a little bit about the Operation with Honor? Yes. That, that's Donate a, with Honor? That's a, that's a national effort by the Federal Trade Commission and the, the AGs in every state. Um, we work with the Secretary of State's office, which regulates charities. Right. And the, part of the effort, the, the main point is to get people's attention to give, to help veterans, because yes. we owe it. you know. And many of us feel like if we didn't serve, we, we owe it. We have a duty you know to help those veterans and those active uh, service members but then you know we want them to also know that it is safe to give to good nonprofits that help um, uh, veterans or active active duty members um, but there are places you can go to check, make sure one's legit. Yes. And we gave tips as to how to uh, prevent from, from getting ripped off. I mean, we just had we, a guy pled guilty in May uh, this year uh, that in Washington County uh, for uh, defrauding a, a veteran. Um, and what that that was a sort of a different scheme than calling, ask, soliciting money from individuals right. to give to veterans. But it just shows how sharp the con artists are. And he calls the veteran who had a website, Facebook, I think, uh, a social platform. Some, some, anyway, he finds out about this veteran and says, look, I want to pay your house off, uh, and I want to help you with some other loans, and I'm going to send you a check. Um, wired him, uh, he didn't wire the money. He sent a check. And of course, the, the, there was a fake account. Right. Um, but the veteran had to spend, had to send um, seven hundred fifty dollars for taxes or some oh, fees. Oh my goodness! And so he rips the veteran off. So we we, we got him convicted, and uh, uh, the court ordered uh, the restitution. But you know the, the the issue of what we're trying to do is twofold: let people know that it is you know veterans groups are um, uh, deserve veterans and active service members uh, deserve uh, groups that that help them. But we want to make sure people understand. 
understand that those charities, uh, you can check the Secretary of State's website to make sure that they are, in fact, a listed charity. Um, and just because they're not, they may be listed elsewhere. Um, but you can certainly check with our Consumer Protection Division. And, and uh, if people don't get anything else uh, from this today, I hope they'll remember that we do have uh, an 800 number. And uh, that number is one 800 281-4418 that is our 800 number to the Consumer Protection Division our office and uh, they will help guide you. Uh, you you can call that number if you have a, a, a neglected parent or something or one, any kind of other issue they will transfer you to the right division well fantastic also on that uh, business and consumer consumers tab uh, it talks about uh, safety recalls so but it's time for our next break but And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about the Attorney General's office. And you can learn how you can find disability, children, or domestic violence service providers in your county. So if you have any questions about the Attorney General's office and uh, James in Water Valley and Dwight in Meridian, hold on. We'll get to you when we come back from our break. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Now, we realize that not everyone has a chance to listen to our show live. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB media app, as is all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. This morning, we're talking about the Attorney General's office with the Attorney General, Jim Hood. Professor Gershon, we haven't mean to uh, leave you out of our party. How are you doing there? I'm doing great, and I just appreciate so much that... uh you know the the attorney general's office really does serve the people of Mississippi, and and it's you know one of those things that it's a great resource. And you've just touched on a couple of them that people can reach out to the attorney general's office for questions if they're if they're concerned about uh, possibly being defrauded or if there's some kind of scam going on. You know they're a tremendous resource for us and. Uh, they're pretty pretty short-staffed in a lot of ways, but they do a lot. And under uh, General Hood's supervision and direction, uh, it's a it it really uh, serves the people of Mississippi well. And uh, we now have a call that we're going to take. Uh, thank you for holding, James from Water Valley. Go ahead. Oh, I had a question for uh, maybe either one of your guests. Uh, how much law does an ordinary citizen need to know? And is there any cheap, easy, quick way to acquire that knowledge? 
Well, as as the host of In Legal Terms, I would suggest listening to our show. But I, uh, I, I what would uh, Professor Gershon? What would you say? It's a great question. I, you know, I think, and I think General Hood would agree that the more informed people are about their rights, about uh, you know their responsibilities, uh, the better our whole society is. And I think you know, I think about the way people approach elections, for example, and they don't really read information and they don't educate themselves, or uh, people will react to things like new tax legislation without really reading about it. Um, I, you know, I think we're all responsible for learning as much as possible. There, there is some nuance. Obviously, we have students taking the bar today who went through three years of law school uh, learning, you know, lots and lots of uh, information. But every citizen can know uh, about things like what the attorney general's office does. And that, that's why we're, we're doing this today. Or they can know, uh, you know, what their responsibilities are in terms of uh, their community. So, you know, I, I think uh, an informed populace is it makes our, our society better. I agree, uh, Dean Gershom. Uh, the um, the. As far as how many laws there are, if you took the Mississippi Code, and that's where our laws the legislature has passed are compiled, and you stacked all those books up, um, it's over six feet high. Uh, is and, and so no lawyer knows all the laws. Um, the great thing about technology is you can go online and and find the answer uh, to so many things that you used to ha- could not. And so you know uh, the 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 potential there is, is is much better now. If you have a situation where uh, you may be getting sued or something like that, you better go to a lawyer uh, because your specific facts may be different than what you read online. Unfortunately, our office is not a a, a public. Um, um, agency that can advise individuals on their particular rights because my job is to represent the state and it may be the state you know is prosecuting you for something so i can't advise you on both uh but uh our office does help consumers um and and every day i mean there's just thousands of calls that come into our office and uh there are some non-profit profit uh legal groups out there that that do provide uh free legal counsel but uh uh, as far as people, you know, the, the laws are getting passed every day. They're increasing. But the, the, but the fact that we have that technology at our fingertips uh, to ask a simple question about a law and find out what the law says, uh, that, that makes it a lot better than it used to be. James, we appreciate you calling in today. Uh, I teased at the, the end of the last show about where you can find out uh, what information uh, – County Emergency Services, uh, they have a great tab on the, the AG's website, and that is ago.state.ms.us. And it has a nice picture of the state of Mississippi, and you can click on your, ta- on your county, and that will take you to a list that shows you know a lot of services. Now, the Attorney General's office doesn't provide the services, but their website has lists of uh, children's service providers, disability service providers, Providers, uh, information about domestic violence service providers. Uh, so their website has a lot of information, and the victims tab on the website uh, talks a lot about the different programs that the uh, uh, attorney general's office, a lot of different departments uh, talk about. Just, I mean, domestic violence is a humongous umbrella term. Yeah, you know. Um, the, our our uh, 
the, the victims compensation division is, is near and dear to my heart. Um, uh, we, I worked with Governor Barber the first year we got elected uh, in 2004, and we moved that unit from the Department of Finance and Administration over into our office uh, because we do deal with a lot of victims. And uh, you know, I had a first cousin murdered when I was a kid, and I was really close to him, and, and I sat through that trial, and I know, you know, how victims feel. And so as DA, you know, that was one of the most rewarding things when I, you know, got to hug a victim's neck and the bad guy went to jail. You know, you, you can't buy that that uh, reward of helping somebody and uh, so our victims unit really helps uh, in, in a lot of ways that we provide compensation to those who have been victims of crime um, it, it helps even pay for some funeral expense and things of that nature if say you have a family member that's murdered uh, in, a, in, a, in a criminal case and um, it so that compensation division is there they're they're able to help you can file an application go to our website there, there's another catch-all if you do a search if you just type in aggjimhood.com mm-hmm. it will lead you to our ago.state.ms.us yes. that's a lot longer right. website uh, uh, name but I, I encourage people that are uh, victims of crime to go uh, see what what they might be able to to be entitled to uh, and that unit that money is is from convicts who the court orders them to pay in it's not like oh, it's state right. taxpayer money yes it's it's money uh, that that convicts are ordered uh, to pay in some of it's grant money and there was a fee before the legislature took it away it's right. still in statute uh, for every time you got a speeding ticket a dollar went to the victim's compensation oh, right. fund and of course the legislature swept uh, that money and diverted it uh, it's still in law it's supposed to go to that fund but uh, unfortunately the legislature did not uh, well, you, replace you, that yeah you mentioned earlier that the attorney general represents the state and not individuals so but there are ways the uh, uh, citizens can complain about something to let the attorney general's office notice hey something funny's going on around here some of the complaint forms uh are about uh medicaid or fraud abuse uh, this one i thought was just inter- interesting um the uh gun and ordinance and sign complaint form do you get a lot of sign complaint well, we, notices, we, we, I wonder. The, the legislature, uh, w- without giving us any additional funding, uh, placed that duty upon us to police primarily public buildings, uh, courthouses, things of that nature. If they put up a sign, if to, you know, uh, people that are uh, gun rights people can file a complaint with our office, we will go investigate it. All right. And um, so, we, yeah, we give opinions on, uh, you know, to, to counties and local governments right. a lot on, on those kind of things. Uh, but individuals, if if say you're a victim of a scam, uh, a home repair fraud, all those kind of things, we do go advocate. We have people in our office that's going to they're going to call up uh, the, the, whatever company or individual that you're dealing with. Right. The only the only impediment uh, to that is if you are a company. Uh, complaining about another company. Oh, all right. I mean, there's some companies that are two-person companies, and, you know, of course, there's some millions of of employees, or thousands at least. Uh, I wish the legislature would allow one company to complain on another, but we we do look into uh, things for individuals. It's just if you you want to call up our office and say, you know, I've got a landline dispute, you know, we can't advise you on that um, because we're not just a public law firm. Right. We represent uh, the state, but we 
can represent the people. And that's the great thing about attorneys. You know, I represent the legislature. I represent the courts. I represent the executive branch. Most importantly, though, I represent the people. And we appreciate you for it. We, we got another call now. We're going to go to Jackson. And Frank has called in. Welcome to In Legal Terms today, Frank. Yes. Um, hello to one of um, William Winter's Wonder Boys. Uh, we need more people like you in this new generation. My question is about the very gradual and incessant infiltration of the legislature by business, as evidenced by the energy decision um, where they have come in and you very wisely tried to protect the citizens of Mississippi by finding big-time fraud, not little-time fraud, not telephone fraud, but hundreds of millions of dollars. Do you see anything that can be done by the citizens to support persons like yourself to try to turn that around or at least slow it down? But business is just taking over state legislatures all over the country. Uh, well, thank you for your kind words. And, and uh, it is disheartening. In our history, we have seen times when the robber barons, for example, or the railroads were taking advantage in the 1800s of the farmers and the merchants trying to get their products to market. Uh, the roaring 20s, uh, when we unleashed uh, uh, the corporate powers on working people, and that caused the Great Recession. You know, when we had uh, the roaring 20s uh, resulted in the Great Depression. And uh, many people learned that we had to have laws to protect individual people from just huge amounts of money. Uh, and be it a corporation or an individual, if they're abusing people uh, with that power that it brings. And unfortunately, I think we've reached that time again. Uh, the Citizens United decision by the, by the United States Supreme Court was probably the worst decision for working people people uh, that I recall uh, our court making. And, uh, it, you know, they just opened the floodgates for, for tons of money to be dumped in, in political campaigns. And so people are, are not even responsive to uh, the citizens. Uh, I, I used to, I say uh, laughingly, but I think it's true. Uh, a regular old millionaire can't influence our legislature anymore. It takes a billionaire. And that's what we're seeing in tax breaks. You know, this most recent tax break the legislature passed, 400 $118 million tax breaks going to be phased in over 10 years. 78% of that tax break goes to large out-of-state corporations. And the way we know that is we looked at who paid it in before the tax, the franchise tax uh, break went into effect. And, you know, when you have people like the strong entities like the Mississippi Economic Council go into the legislature saying, you know, Bill Rhodes, do these kind of things uh, and, and figure out, you know, the road bill was put on a silver platter by our business groups. Uh, you know, legislators just thumb their nose at them. And that's what affects working people. If building roads and education are two fundamental um, building blocks of economic development. And um, that's that's sad to see. Uh, you mentioned the energy case. Uh, that's a case where energy owes us a billion dollars. Very few cases that I go into where I have the evidence before I file the lawsuit. In this one, Louisiana sued uh, energy, and they paid over $100 million. That lawyers brought us some of that evidence, and so I know that they've cheated us. They've overbilled our rate payers. But then they had the political power to go into our legislature this past session 
and pass a law that said, oh, that authority of the AGs to file a suit against us should be decided by the Public Service Commission. And then they told the legislators, uh, by the way, uh, this won't apply to this pending lawsuit. Well, guess what? They immediately went into court and filed a motion to dismiss based upon that, that legislation that was passed. When you have that kind of political power with the money that uh, these large corporations bring, um, it's dangerous to the people. I mean, that's money owed to the 477,000 or so ratepayers uh, here in, this, in, in central Mississippi. And uh, just to see the legislature controlled by that kind of power and money is just sickening. And I think people are wise in, you know, becoming wise to it. And uh, I, hopefully I see a movement where we begin to uh, take back our state because, you know, the way it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be the, the public over government. And government over corporations. You have to have a statute passed to allow corporations to exist so that they can have uh, limited liability. Um, but now it's gotten right the opposite. Now it's corporations over government and government over the people. We're on the bottom, and that needs to change. Well, we're so glad that we've got the Attorney General's office looking out for all of us here in Mississippi. So we're going to take our next break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about how the state of Mississippi prosecutes parents for failure to pay court-ordered child support and the child desertion unit. Our number, if you've got a question about the Attorney General's office, is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Gershon is our expert calling in from Oxford, and our guest today is Jim Hood, and we're talking about the Office of the Attorney General's Office. Uh, what uh, Chime in for us, Professor Gershon. Well, I just, uh, I, first of all, I appreciate what uh, Attorney General Hood uh, said right before the break about, you know, the, the idea that uh, it's the people that he serves and the state of Mississippi. And there have been attempts by the legislature to uh, limit the attorney general's power to uh, take on corporations. And I think that would be a, a major mistake. I think it would really be harmful. Uh, appreciate the efforts uh, in regards to the opioid crisis, for example, which I think... Uh, it's very important to to take on the corporations that are uh, producing pharmaceuticals knowingly uh, that cause harm, uh, and it's all about money. So I'm, I, you know, I think without without somebody like the attorney general's office, uh, there would be no protection for us. 
And that's uh, that's what our, our, our citizens, our government is supposed to be for us and work for us. So we appreciate you taking care of us and, and your 200-plus uh, uh, fellow employees. Let's take another call uh, from Natchez. We've got uh, Leon. Go ahead. You're on in legal terms. Good morning, good morning, and thank you for the show. My question is, um, uh, friends of mine uh, in another county is having trouble uh, reporting uh, crime to the uh, police and the uh, sheriff's office. Is there anything the um, uh, the attorney general can do, or what should they do? Well, certainly they can call our office and report it, and we would refer it to uh, the local law enforcement. They're the first line of defense. I think at that county, though, might be best for that uh, voter uh, or that uh, those individuals to go to the board of supervisors, go talk to their supervisor first, and see if others are having uh, problems reporting crimes, and and uh, you know at least find out what the circumstances are, and uh, maybe the board of supervisors may take that issue up and talk with the sheriff or the local law enforcement and and determine you know do they have uh, I know they have a 911 number and you can call in and uh, do a report I think maybe uh, Leon you may be talking more about are they taking action on those uh, but it's usually best I've found you know people think that uh, just because somebody works at a uh, government employee law enforcement or, or, or whatever um, they think that, that, that somebody's neglecting their duty when in fact usually there's an explanation you know it's usually about money their budget cuts and all those kind of things that have occurred our state economy you know is growth and growing grown at one percent since the great recession the southeastern average is 16 percent growth every state around us is growing faster than we are uh, our economy's down and it's hurting the counties it's hurting the cities those budgets are, are being cut because there's not any economic activity in so many areas of our state. Um, so I suspect it's probably a problem with uh, a financing of, of county government. But I would I would encourage that person to go talk to their sheriff or deputy sheriff or go talk to somebody uh, and, and their supervisor to try to get to the bottom of what the problem may be. Leon, I hope that helps for you. We're going to go now to uh, Florence. Uh, Roger has called in. Thanks for being part of our show, Roger. Go ahead. Well, it's a privilege. Thank you, General, for what, what you're doing and have done. And uh, this, you, of course, will tell me generally the, the answer, and then I think it's up to your uh, one of your departments to uh, to get after this question. I'm, I, as, a, as a Chancery Court judge, I, of course, became aware of a whole lot of bio dads who weren't paying child support. You could put somebody in jail, and they just live there, and, you know, you can't do much. But your unit can pursue some of the worst cases, and uh, here's my question. I, I know personally uh, and from that experience that there are some mothers, and I suppose this applies to fathers too, but more, more often to mothers who are reluctant or afraid to do what's necessary to pers- to help the Department of Human Services or uh, the Attorney General's office or anybody else pursue the father of their children and it's irrational and it's hard to hard to crack that nut so what can a person do who has facts and maybe a family member who has facts but can't get the mother to cooperate uh in in pursuing someone who is 
maybe almost never supported the children, and there are there are orders in effect, chancery court orders. What can an individual do under those circumstances where you cannot get the mother to to really do anything? Thanks, Roger. Uh, thank you, Judge. I appreciate your service. Uh, the job of a chancery judge and dealing with families isn't something you put down at 5 o'clock when you go home like we do from a lot of jobs. And so I appreciate uh, your, your service. The, the We have a unit in our office that prosecutes uh, deadbeat dads primarily. There are some others we've had to prosecute. Um, and so we reserve the, the prosecutorial authority. It's a felony. We reserve that for the most heinous cases to try to use it to deter and encourage people, you know, generally if they owe over $10,000 and there have been uh, prior orders of the court of contempt uh, for failure to pay, then uh, we will look at those prosecutions. So I encourage people to call our office. There is a number at the Department of Human Services also. They have a separate uh, group of lawyers who uh, assist in, in collection of child support. And that number at Department of Human Services is 877 um, and so if 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 you uh, need help in collecting now the Department of Human Services pushes those mothers because uh, they do have a duty to take care of their child and if the father you know is not uh, paying then then uh, they have a duty to f- try to force them to now some of the time uh, those women are afraid because if they if they file something they're afraid they're going to come shoot wherever they're living or or beat them up or you know those kind of things and we have a domestic violence division you know that will will help uh we have uh, uh, an address secrecy uh, provision that you can go through our office if you're a victim of domestic violence but you know as 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 uh chancery court judges know um they have uh, power to, to find the mother is neglectful of their child if they're not, uh, you know, if they're living in squalor and the father can afford it uh, by not pursuing uh, those fathers. So the courts have have some power as well. But people are welcome to call our office and, and if, if, if it's a, a, a felony case where they owe a lot of money, then those prosecutions are, are carried out. Unfortunately, you know, if you put the guy in jail, he can't pay in. Uh, many judges will put time over their head and suspend it to make them pay in. So we we it, we think it's an effective tool to deter and encourage those fathers to do their duty. I mean, of all people that you owe a debt to is your children. We appreciate the Attorney General being here. Attorney General Jim Hood is here taking questions. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven. So if you're thinking about calling, this is the time because our show only has a few more minutes left. But uh, one person who's called in from Water Valley is Lori. Lori, we appreciate you being uh, listening to our show. Go ahead. Yes, I have a concern. I was in an automobile accident a couple of weeks ago in Oxford through no fault of my own. And my concern is that the young man who hit me uh, did not have insurance. And so he was given a ticket for not having insurance, for which I was informed that it was a $1,000 fine. However, he just gets right back in his vehicle, which he could drive. I could not drive my own, and uh, drives off. And then when I spoke to my insurance agent, I was told that oftentimes people without insurance, before they pay the $1,000 fine, will go and get insurance, uh, get the card, pay for about one month. This suffices for showing that they have gotten insurance. 
and therefore they don't have to pay the fine. Uh, this is not right in any shape, form, or fashion. I wonder what I could do as someone who does pay for her car insurance every uh, every year can do about this. Yeah, uh, Laurie, I'm, I'm sorry about that. The, the um, uh, I, th- I think in order to get that legislation, mandatory insurance passed, they had to have um, uh, some room to horse trade. And I think that in the horse trade was was allow people to go uh, and prove that they, they had it. Now, I, I think it, it ought to be uh, that, that they've subsequently purchased it. It ought to be that if you had it at that time, it ought to be the determining factor. Either you did or you didn't, and you ought to have to pay the fine. Uh, fortunately for you, you have most people uh, have uninsured motorist coverage. That's something you pay and it's cheap. It's like five or six dollars a month. Well, my my old vehicles are older, but um, it's it's cheap uh, uninsured motorist coverage, and that covers you uh, for someone who runs into you. So you know if if you have to have a written waiver to to waive that, and I encourage people not to waive that. It's cheap enough to pay for and uh, have that uninsured motorist coverage, and it should not uh, uh, cause your rates to go up simply because you filed a claim on your uninsured motorist coverage. But I agree with you that uh, there shouldn't be, uh, if somebody doesn't have insurance, they ought to have to, you know, if you do the crime, you ought to, ought to do the time. And uh, uh, that's that's an unfortunate loophole, I think, in, in our law. Well, we appreciate Lori and uh, Dudley and Austin. Hold on. We need to take our last break of the show. Uh, We're talking with Attorney General Jim Hood about all the benefits that Mississippians derive from having uh, uh, the Attorney General's office. So we've got uh, Dudley and Austin are holding. um, And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, how you can find out what your city and county may be up to by sneak a peek at the opinions page on the attorney general's website Uh, you're listening to in legal terms on mpb think radio Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Now, remember, if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash terms. It's also available on the MPB Media app, as is all our local shows. Uh, I'm Liz Gill, and Professor Richard Gershon is with us from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Uh, good luck to all of your law school students today, Professor Gershon. Yeah, it's a rough week. Uh, it's a, you know the bar exam. Depending on which state you're in, lasts two or three days, and uh, a lot of work. But it's kind of the, the the last mile in some ways, and the first mile to the beginning of their career. So we're glad to have. I, I, I could say that our grads and and General Hood is one of our grads, and we're real proud of him. Our grads, uh, you know, have done a lot of good in this state, and we've got some new ones coming up the pike. And I think this next generation is going to uh, do great things as well. 
And uh, for people who are, may just be turning in, uh, we've tuning in. <laughs> Nobody uses the tune button on their <laughs> radios anymore. But uh, we've had a great show so far, and we've still got uh, Dudley and Austin's calls that we're going to talk about. We've been talking about all of the great services that the Attorney General's office, and one of them that I know a number of people in our office, Jay White, I'm looking at you, uh, is all these robocalls that... <laughs> <laughs> that some of our that people in Mississippi have been getting. I don't have student loans. Uh, he has no student loans. Quit calling JY every day. But uh, the Attorney General's website, and if you don't have a computer at home, a lot of libraries can give you access. They have just a plethora of of booklets and uh, resources. I'm right now looking at a quick reference guy stopping those unwanted calls and text messages. So if you have a family member, you have a neighbor, maybe who's elderly or who doesn't have access to the Internet, uh, pick up one of these brochures, maybe at your library, print it off from your computer at home so that they can keep it right next to their phone so that they know if someone calls uh, how you can uh, notify them that uh, uh, their calls are unwanted <laughs> and what exactly uh, you know tips for handling unwanted phone calls it's right here and it tells you exactly what to do and so we appreciate Attorney General Jim Hood coming in and letting all the citizens of uh, Mississippi know what our Attorney General does for us and makes everyone in Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas and Louisiana jealous <laughs> because of the benefits at uh, from our Attorney General's office. You know we've We've talked about um, all the different types of citizens that, that benefit. Uh, there's uh, information for consumers. There's information for uh, victims. Uh, there's also a lot of uh, you do a lot for law enforcement and you give uh, legal advice to the rest of the state. Right. Um, you know, we're uh, on the front line trying to uh, help law enforcement officers do their job. And uh, we, we, of course, uh, provide training to law enforcement. And, and, and we do it, at, the, for example, at the, at the Law Enforcement uh, Training Academy. Uh, our people will go out and speak on different issues, be it domestic violence, uh, elder abuse. You know, there's, there's very technical areas. I, I want to mention one thing about uh, our, these two booklets that we have on robocalls, unwanted calls. One is a quick reference guide. The other is a complete guide. We did two. One is for people who uh, are like me and they have a landline and they want to know what steps to take. It's a very simple part of the guide. The other is more complex because it differs. If you have a cell phone, you can get an app to help you filter and block those calls. Right. uh, Unwanted calls because the app recognizes uh, some numbers uh, that are, are improper. But if you have a regular old hard landline... Uh, versus an, uh, an internet uh, 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 la- uh, phone line in your house. Uh, you, if you've got an internet phone line, I think it's called IOP. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it comes over the internet. Right. Um, uh, th- you can go online on your computer, desktop, or whatever, and, and download an app to that system. But if you have an old hard landline, you have to go to the do not call list. And this this uh, short brochure helps people understand that there's a state and a federal do not call list. Yes. 
and and how to report those. And the other is more, uh, you know, more complete guide to try to help people deal with these issues. And we're trying to deal with uh, working with the phone companies on technologies. We had a horrible decision from a federal judge because a lot of the the uh, uh, robocallers are in Florida. The crooks are down there. Some federal judge down there, the, the crooks convinced the judge that our spoofing statute, that means where they, they makes it look like it's a 601 prefix and they may be calling from Jamaica. Right. Um, th- we had a statute that made that a felony. Uh, and some judge in Florida ruled you had a First Amendment right to lie. Oh. <laughs> and so that 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 killed our statute, and then one of our judges agreed with him, and and it struck our statute. That was our greatest weapon for these spoof calls that we're seeing now. I saw one the other day came from the, it looked like it was coming from our hospital, you know. And everybody's going to pick that that that, right. that that call up, right. you know. And and of course it was a a, a scam artist, you know, right. making oh. those calls. It's frustrating. All right. Well, we've got uh, really quickly uh, Dudley from Calhoun County. Go ahead. Thank you very much for this fantastic show this morning. Uh, my concern is our communications in Mississippi, especially in the rural areas. Uh, we have such problems as far as Internet service. Is there anything the attorney general can do to help us? Out? I, I realize this is a the uh, public service commissioner's uh, main concern, but someone told me that uh, AT&T answers to no one in the state of Mississippi. Is that correct? Well, they're regulated on their landline side. What happened, though, since we all gone to cellular service, uh, the, the regulations are different, the regulatory authority over these companies that provide cellular service. So just like any legal question, people get mad at lawyers for uh, Dean Gerson for, for being, uh, seem to talk out of both sides of their mouth. But these issues are complex a lot of the time, and, and it depends depends on uh, whether you have cellular service or not. Now, as to the answer, the Public Service Commissioner, Brandon Presley, up in my area, I know uh, Cecil Brown, and, and uh, they've worked uh, to try to encourage the companies. It's going to take some tax breaks to get it out, get the Internet out in out in rural communities. I live out in a rural community. I know what you're dealing with. I had to deal with a, a satellite system that didn't work, you know, the Internet satellite system. Um, but uh, that's uh, – uh, uh, Mississippi, if we're going to get competitive, Competitive. We got an opportunity to catch up, you know, uh, and that's through the internet. So we can have small businesses out in rural communities uh, that can go online and sell things or, or services or whatever. And um, that's vitally important. I mean, that's probably the best investment other than education we can make and roads that we can make as be the infrastructure for internet service. Through and thank goodness the cellular speeds are speeding up. It will be more available out there, but it's 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 expensive. I had a friend of mine that's got three or four kids in the house out in a rural area uh he paid twelve hundred dollars a month uh for streaming of course the kids are watching movies and all that kind of thing so uh, anyway it, it's it's expensive but we need to do something as a government as a people as a whole work together with some of these companies to make it cheaper all right well this hour has just flown by uh, general hood i can't thank you enough for coming in and letting everyone in mississippi uh know what your office is up to i hope we've educated a lot of folks mm-hmm. 
Thank you. All right. So this is going to wrap us up. Our call screener today has been uh, Michelle McAdoo. Our board engineer in Jackson has been Jay White. In Oxford, Paul Bennett, thank you for helping us out. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Tuesday Southern Remedy Show, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress. Join us again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.